There we go. Good morning, everyone. Time to begin our worship service this morning. I looked over at Drew, and he was giving me some kind of baseball signals here to do something, but I, I didn't get them. So we'd like to welcome everyone here this morning, and if you're visiting with us, we're certainly glad to have you. And uh, we're having uh, our... Uh, Service this afternoon at 1 o'clock. We'll have a lunch in between service this morning. Love to have you stay. Invite you to stay with us and to eat with us. We also ask you to fill out a visitor's card and just give it to someone sitting near you. They're in the back of the pew. Good to have Chris back with us this morning. They've been out of town to polishing the pulpit, and we hope that was a good week. I know you always look forward to going to that. So, Also, uh, we're still working on our directory. We're about to get it finished. Uh, we have one out back on the table, out front in the table, to look at, not to take, for to go over and look at it. And if there's any corrections that need to be made or a photo, see Connie Miller. And we will get that taken care of as soon as everyone gets it taken care of. Also, uh, on our service groups, our life groups, we are about to get that completed. We are going to be giving uh, each member, every name that we have, uh, a call from an elder or deacon. And we're going to let you know what group you're in and when we're going to meet and get ideas of... Uh, what we're going to be doing there. So we certainly encourage everyone to get involved in that. And check your journals for, uh, for those who are in need of prayer or whatever it may be, and that'll be gone over later on in the service, the names and, and uh, with that. Before we uh, start, I would like to read James 1 in verses 22, 23, 24, and 25. 22, 23, 24, 25, it says, But be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own eyes. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he's being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Bow with me as we go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning that we have to gather here and, and, and to worship you. Father, to be able to sing songs of praises to you and surround your table, remember your son, his death, his burial, and resurrection. And Father, to uh, just to be here and, and, and hear another lesson from your word. And Father, we pray that, that, that you'll be with Chris as he brings us that lesson. And we're thankful for him and his family. and. And David and his family, Father, and, and what they mean for the congregation here at Rome. And, 
And Father, we pray that things that we do will always be according to your will. Father, we pray for our country, that you'll bless our country. And we just, Father, just those who are sick, those who are mentioned in our bulletin, our journal, Father, we, we pray a special prayer for them and, and those that will be mentioned here today. And, and Father, we pray for those who's lost loved ones. We pray for Terry Diamond and his family at, at the loss of his wife and ask that you'll bless them and comfort in only a way that you can. Be with us now as, as uh, we begin our worship service. Father, help us to focus on you and, and have our minds to be on, on worshiping and glorifying you only this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand as we sing the first song, please? First hymn this morning, number 154, Give Me the Bible. We'll sing the first three verses. Give me the Bible, star of light to cheer the water, no deepest thoughts, no thoughts can hide that way people need Since Jesus came Next hymn this morning, number 290, I Love Thy Kingdom, Lord, 290. After this hymn, Brother Jerry Fry will have our scripture reading, our scripture reading and prayer. <clears throat>
The scripture reading that Chris has chosen this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Would you bow with me, please? Holy Father, we thank you for this another first day of the week, Father, that we can gather together as Christians and those of like precious faith and worship you. Father, as we carry out the exercise of our worship this morning, it is my prayer that it be well received by you and that you bless us, Father. And Father, you have blessed us beyond measure in our lives, and we know that we're not worthy of it and we don't deserve it, but you love us, and Father, we're in a covenant relationship with you through our obedience to the gospel and our discipleship to Christ, and for what Christ did, we were able to be reconciled to the cross. And we thank you and love you so much for that. And Father, as we get ready to prepare to have a fellowship meals. We look forward to that, to fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters, but the one we're going to take here in just a couple minutes, Father, far exceeds that, and help us to be resolute to give our very best for that 10, 15 minutes, and we're grateful that we get to do that every first day of the week, Father, because we do sin, and we, we are forgetful creatures, and we're flawed creatures, Father, and help us to always strive to do better. Father, we're mindful of all those that have been mentioned so far. Just pray that uh, those that are having upcoming tests and surgeries and different treatments, Father, just pray that uh, for fa favorable outcomes for all of those and that you will be with them and bless them and 
Father, I pray a special prayer at this time for Terry Diamond at the passing of his wife, Dottie. Just pray that you will bless him and strengthen him and help us to be an encouragement to him as well, Father. Father, we're grateful uh, that Pam's doing as well as she is and just pray that you'll continue to be with her and all the others, Father. Uh, the little two-year-old that uh, lost his toes, I just pray that uh, things can be done that will help him as he goes forward in his life, Father, and to walk and just pray that you'll be with his grandfather. I can only imagine how he must be feeling at this time, Father. Just pray that you'll be with him and strengthen him as well. Father, continue to be with us and be with those that are leading the congregation here. And Father, forgive us when we fall short of your glory. All these things I ask through your Son, Christ Jesus. Amen. Next hymn this morning, number 287, I Love the Lord. Sing the first two verses, and then we'll have the Lord's Supper.
come here today to remember the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross. Us being sinners, we didn't deserve what he did. And God still sent his perfect son just to die for our sins. And as Christians, we have faith that one day he'll return. And uh, please turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 11. 23 through 26. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. For I, re- for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray for the bread. Thank you, Lord, for letting us come here today to worship you. Please help us just to remember every every time we can, Lord, to remember your sacrifice. Please just bless this bread which resembles your body, Lord. And in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, let's pray for the fruit of the vine. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you've given to us. Please bless this fruit of the vine, Lord, which resembles your blood. And thank you for dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. And in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, even though we're still unable to pass around the trays, uh, we still have contribution boxes in the back. So if you would, if you want to contribute to everything that goes on at this church, then the contribution boxes are in the back. Let's pray for the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for everything that you've given to us. Please help us stay humble with what we have, Lord. Thank you for this congregation you brought together, and thank you for all the things that you've allowed us to do. Please help the money from the contribution boxes go to good causes, Lord. Please help the elders make the right decisions in the church, and please just be with everyone here, Lord. Just be with the needy and help us secure those needs, Lord. And in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Let's all please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 532. Praise him, praise him. So at this time, the young children may go to the children's Bible hour.
Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Please be seated. Invitation hymn for this morning, number 714, Trust and Obey. This time for the Christian. Good morning. Have you ever uh, done one of those sites where when you're going to a new place, you go check it out and you read the reviews on it, maybe you get on TripAdvisor? And you just kind of scope out the place. We, we do that all the time now. But I didn't do that in college because those things weren't around in college. And so me and some of my friends, while we were freshmen in college at Fried Hardman University, uh, we decided it's a good idea on a Friday night that we want to go have some fun. And there's nothing to do in Henderson unless you like coffee or coffee. And so we go... Uh, and that's new. That wasn't there when I was there. And so we go to Memphis, and I don't know what we're thinking, but we don't have TripAdvisor. We don't have any of those kinds of sites back then, and we're, I'm 19 when this happens, and so we're not all that informed about Memphis because none of us are from there. And so my roommate and the guys living next door to us, there's four or five of us go, 
And we decide that it's just the perfect idea to go to Bill Street and we're just going to walk around. And we understand that there's probably nice restaurants on Bill Street and so we dress up. And we dress up in polos and khakis and there's not, I'm assuming there are nice restaurants on Bill Street, but I didn't find them. And so we, we go and we, we get out of our car after finding a parking spot and we, we finally get on Bill Street and we look around and we notice that no one else looks like we do. No one else is dressed up like we're dressed up. Um, and there are folks there that are not doing what Fried Hardman students who are 19 should be doing. And so I have never felt more out of place in my life. We got propositioned for several different things. And after that, after the second time, I thought, this is a bad idea. We should leave. And so we left uh, and we stayed out of trouble and that was good. But I, I have never, honestly, never felt more out of place than, than I did that night. We just didn't know. You, you didn't we didn't have the resources that we have now to be able to know, like, oh, this is probably not somewhere uh, we should be going. But I never felt more out of place than I did that day. And it got me thinking as I was thinking through this lesson that Peter says something very similar to that in 1 Peter chapter 2. So grab, grab your Bibles and turn to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to spend most of our time here this morning in our lesson. <coughs> First Peter chapter 2. Listen to what Peter says. This, this, this book, uh, a great bit of this book at least, um, is about suffering as a Christian. And he keeps coming back to this thought. So he'll introduce it uh, in chapter 1, and then he'll, he'll do some side notes. And, and what does that look like? What does it look like to suffer as a Christian? And then he'll come back to it in chapter 2. And then he'll, he'll do some more of what does it look like to suffer as a Christian? And then in chapter 3 and all the way throughout his book, he's, he's going to keep coming back to this idea of suffering as a Christian. And that's, that's what we're talking about this morning. It's one of the things that I think we lost and, and hopefully found during COVID is, is suffering as a Christian. Back when COVID started, we shut down our corporate worship services and we worshiped online. And, and so many of you remember that, uh, of course, what we gained in physical safety, we lost in spiritual safety, right? Did, did you feel that? I feel that. I've talked to a lot of you who feel that too. What, what we gained in physical safety, we lost in spiritual safety. We were so focused on keeping ourselves and each other physically safe that we didn't stop to consider the detriment that that time away from each other caused us spiritually. And it had an impact more of us don't want to think that it had, didn't it? I don't think a lot of us are where we were at in 2019, spiritually speaking. Maybe you're farther ahead, and that's great. Uh, when you find things like this happening, you go one of two ways. Either you digress or you get better. And some of us got better, and we got stronger. We became more faithful because you were forced to do it on your own, and that's awesome, and that's great. But a lot of us need the church. We need these tight-knit tight communities uh, that we're in right here, and we need these friendships, and we need to see each other face-to-face, -face, and we struggled because we were 
far away from each other. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. This is what Peter says. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. You, you are sojourners. You're exiles. Some translations say pilgrims. We don't fit in here. This is like a couple of 19-year-old Bible students on Bill Street. You stand out. We ought to. We have to. We're not made for this place. In fact, Paul in the book of Philippians will say that your citizenship is not here. This is not where your benefits are. Sometimes it's easy to forget that, isn't it? Your benefits isn't, aren't, aren't here. This is not where your citizenship is. Your passport may say United States of America, and there's some power that comes with that passport, but there's another citizenship that you're a part of that has an awful lot more benefits. Your citizenship, Paul reminds us in Philippians, is in heaven, right? Sometimes when we focus on something like we focused on physical safety during COVID, it's all we can see. Have you ever experienced that? If you focus on something, it becomes the only thing you can see. Maybe in the early days, you thought you had COVID. I have allergies all the time, and I know you know that, and I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the water um, all the time. But if you were like me, and, and you coughed, and you thought, oh, do I have COVID? And you, you ran and got tested, right? Or, or if you had uh, just the common cold, and you, you, you had the drainage, you thought, oh, I've got COVID, right? Or anything you focus on. That's all you can see. Sometimes when we're sick, we focus on our sickness, and it's the only thing we can see, right? You, you can't see anything else because that's what you're focused on. If you're focused on work and you come home, what are you thinking about? Work, right? Sometimes what we focus on is all we can see. And for a long time during COVID, we were very focused on physical safety to our detriment, right? There's nothing wrong with being physically safe, but if our physical safety comes at the expense of our spiritual safety, we've made a bad trade. Peter says we're strangers and exiles here. We think differently than everyone else. We focus on different things. But even to us who have focused on spiritual things, when everyone around us is saying physical stuff is important, physical stuff is important, what did we start believing? What did we start focusing on? I say we because me, <laughs> I did this, and I bet you did too. Physical safety is important, and they said it long enough and loud enough that we believed it. You may not know this, but you're going to die one day. <laughs> if the Lord doesn't come back before your time is up, you're going to die one day. Something we're all going to experience. But you don't have to experience hell. 
and the decisions we make here decide where we're going to spend eternity. And so our world and our society was saying, physical stuff's so important. And we believe them. Isn't that scary? We stopped focusing on spiritual things and we started focusing on, on physical things, physical safety, to our detriment. So, so dangerous. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. Keep your finger here in, in 1 Peter 2, but I want to take you over to Matthew chapter 10 real quick. Starting verse 26. Matthew 10, verse 26. Jesus says, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and and body in hell. He's talking to the disciples here and he says, you guys are going to want to focus on the spiritual things because that's what our society and their society told them to focus on. There's some things that are important. Your physical safety is important. Jesus says your physical safety might be important, but not to the detriment of your spiritual safety. Not to... Your physical safety isn't all that important if you deny him. Or if the actions that you take to make sure you're physically safe bring you away from him. That's a bad trade. Sometimes my kids trade toys, and uh, especially with Ethan. And he'll, Titus has this really cool robotic can that he put together all by himself. We're very proud of him. It's very neat. And he can move stuff and pick up things. And it's got a lot of moving parts and I think like a giant Lego hand. But it's got water and stuff in it to make the, the gears move and whatnot. And he did it by himself. It's very cool. Ethan loves it. And so Ethan will go up and he'll find it sometimes. And he'll grab it. And Titus will, will hand him a hair tie, like one of, the, one of the girl's hair ties or something. He's like, hey, you want to trade? And every now and then Ethan will go, yeah, that's a good trade. That's a bad trade, right? We do the exact same thing, don't we? We make a bad trade because we're just not thinking right. We're a little immature in our thinking. We trade the physical safety while putting ourselves in spiritual danger. It's a bad trade. The apostles were going to fall for it just like we are. It's one of Satan's greatest weapons, right? We talked about that a couple of weeks ago with Job. One of the things that he used against Job, one of the things, his, his number one ticket was to put his health in danger. Do you remember that? Satan could have done whatever he wanted to to Job, but he decided that the best way to pull him away from God was to take away his possessions. When that didn't work, he took away his health. It's physical stuff. He was trying to convince him that, spiritual, that physical things matter. That they're the most important. And God says they're just 
not. Remember what he says in Matthew chapter 6? You've laid up for yourselves treasures here. What's going to happen to those things? Moths will eat them. We still have problems with moths today eating stuff, right? That's crazy to me. If the moths don't get it, rust is going to get it. And if the rust doesn't get it, eventually it's going to be burned up when Jesus comes back and he destroys the world anyhow. You don't get to keep this stuff with you. You don't get to take it with you. But he's convinced us that physical things are what we should, what we should focus on. And our society doesn't help us any, does it? Because they, they say physical things, physical things, physical, physical safety, this is where it's at. It's not where it's at. Because they don't have the power to kill your soul. They don't have the authority. They don't have the ability. They don't have the power to affect your soul. But he does. And all these things are going to be burned up anyhow. They don't matter. We've just got to find enough strength inside of ourselves and inside of Christ to refuse those things and to focus on what really matters. It's hard, though, isn't it? It's hard to disconnect from this world. It's something we struggle with, right? It's, it's almost like a magic trick. You ever seen a magician, uh, maybe in Las Vegas or a kid's birthday party or something, they'll do this magic trick, and they've got you looking over here, but what are they doing with this hand? They're doing the magic trick with that hand, right? But you're looking over here. Now the water bottle's gone. It's amazing. That's what the, wa- that's what the world has done for us in relation to these physical things. These physical things matter. Look at this. Look at this. And your faith has been stolen. It's been affected if it hasn't been stolen, right? We cannot buy into this idea that physical things are where it's at. They're not. There's an old saying, I'm sure you've heard of it. He is no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Have you heard that? You're not a fool if you're giving up the things that you can't hold on to anyhow to keep, to gain the thing that you can't lose. We need to be dealing with this world with an open hand. All the things that we've got, all the possessions, the money, all that stuff, it's fine if it leaves. My health, it's nice to have, right? So many of us have enjoyed it and so, so many of us are struggling now. And that's, that's, that's tough. But it's okay if it leaves as long as I've got Christ. As long as I'm stuck with Him. Nothing else matters. Because He's got all authority in heaven and on earth. That's what he says in Matthew 28, right? So as long as I've got him, nothing else matters. We're turning back to 1 Peter chapter 2. We don't even like to be uncomfortable. I think this is... um, telling as to how far we've gotten in this physical things matter conversation with our society. We don't even like to be uncomfortable, right? 
if the thermostat stopped working in here, how many of us would throw a fit? <laughs> I would probably be the first one. <laughs> it's very hot up here. Why don't we evangelize more? Because it's uncomfortable sometimes? Because we're afraid of rejection. These are physical things, right? Why don't we live more devoted lives? Are you as devoted right now as you want to be to Christ? I'm not. Are you? I've still got some growing to go. Don't you? Why are we not as devoted right now as we want to be? Because it's hard to say no to ourselves. Right? Have you experienced that too? It's hard to say no to ourselves. It's hard to, Jesus would phrase it like this, deny, deny yourself. It's hard to do that. And so we don't, do we? Across the great grand spectrum of things, if it's hard, we, we, just, we just don't do it. We find a way around it, Right? So many of us are smart enough to be able to find a way around the hard things. Sometimes these hard things that God's called us to do, there's no way around them. We just have to do them because we learn something in the midst of the hardness. We learn perseverance, right? We learn endurance, right? We learn joy in our suffering. James would say, count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into various trials. Because it grows your faith. We need to be okay doing hard things. And that's not something our society tells us is a good thing anymore. And it's very much like the magic trick. Hard things. Why do those things? You don't have to do those things. And then where's your faith? It's gone. It's struggling. Because you didn't do the hard thing. Sometimes the only way to get from A to B, Jesus' way, is to go through the hard thing. Because you learn some things in the midst of your struggles. Titus has taken up cross country um, this year. I used to run a lot uh, in high school and college. You can't tell it anymore. That's my bad. And I'm hopeful to get able to keep up with them a little bit better. But... He's taking him running, and so he runs a couple miles, at least a mile, tries to every day while we were at PTP, which is awesome, by the way. You guys should come to PTP next year. It's fantastic. I'll try to put the schedule somewhere where you guys can see it and just kind of check out all the classes. But while we were there this year, he, he couldn't run. Uh, he only ran like a mile. But usually every day he tries to run at least one mile. I know several of you guys do that and run cross country and do soccer and things like that. And so you guys know what it's like to do that. The first mile is easy, right? Second mile, third mile, fifth mile, tenth mile. What starts happening? Starts getting in your head, doesn't it? Maybe for some of you guys that long distance, like 20 miles, <laughs> maybe 10 miles is there. Oh, that's no big deal. 20 miles, 30 miles, 50 miles. It starts getting in your head, right? And you start thinking, I'm getting tired and this is hard and I want to stop, but what? You keep on going because you learn something in the midst of it. You learn perseverance. You learn to stick with it, right? We're learning the same things in our society as they try to tell us physical things matter. And God says, no, they don't. 
And His people agree with Him, right? We're His people, and so we say, yes, He's right. They don't matter. But our society says, oh, they do, they do, and here's why they do. And It's so hard to do all these things that you're talking about. And we say, so what? Jesus says to do them, so I'm going to do them. I'm going to do hard things. I'm going to be okay being uncomfortable. I'm going to be okay suffering. Look at what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. He's talking about Christian servants, Christian slaves, who, are, who don't have Christian masters. Or maybe they do, and these masters are not benevolent. These guys are mean and cruel to their slaves. He says, how should you act as slaves? Well, here's what Peter tells us via inspiration of the Holy Spirit in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. Suffering's a good thing if you're suffering for the cause of Christ. Later he's going to say, in fact it's just in the following verses in verse 20, for what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? That's normal. You did something wrong. Of course you were punished for it. What benefit is that to you? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. He says, this aligns you with Jesus. This makes you more like him. Don't you want to be more like him? I want to be more like him. How do I get to be more like him? I go through suffering. And I bear it without complaint and without shying away from him. Often, remember Satan's deal with Job? Often, suffering can be used by Satan to pull us away from God. That's how he likes to use suffering. God says, suffering, if you're suffering as a Christian, aligns you with Jesus. It makes you more like him. That's the goal of the church is to be more like him, right? In Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11, Paul would say, have the mind of Christ inside of you. You're transforming more and more into the image of Christ every day, putting aside all the things that the world says to focus on because those things aren't true. There's no power there. And to focus on what he says. <coughs> In Romans 12, he talks about being transformed, right? You're not conformed to the image of this world. You don't fit into their mold because you don't fit in. You're different. We're not conformed to the image of the world, but we're transformed into the image of Christ. We do the hard things, the uncomfortable things, because they align us more and more with Jesus. 
Let me take you to a couple more verses. Uh, Philippians 1. Philippians chapter 1. We've, we've talked a lot about Philippians today just in reference, but let me take you to this one specifically because I think you need to see it. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. Paul says, as he's in prison, to the beleaguered church that he's left in Philippi, he left them, he left Philippi because it was not safe for him there. But the church doesn't leave. The church stays, right? So they can minister to this place, right? Because God has given them an open door. Do you remember when Paul was coming? He wanted to go somewhere else. But God said, I've opened a door for you in Macedonia. Philippi is part of Macedonia. Thessalonica, Thessalonica Berea, uh, these places are, 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 are cities inside of Macedonia. And God says, I've opened up a door for you in Macedonia. And so Paul walks through the door and he evangelizes and he, he founds these, these congregations here. But he eventually is forced to leave because it's not safe for him there. They're going to die or they're going to kill him. But the congregation stays. He's got more work to do, but the congregation stays. The persecution did not stop. People's feelings toward God's people did not all of a sudden change. But these people, the Philippian congregation, changed for the better. They endured suffering and they aligned themselves more closely with Jesus. It's something we've got to find. We cannot lose this idea that suffering for him is Good. Well, listen to what he says, Philippians 1 verse 29. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. If you're going to believe in him, you're going to suffer for him. Did you hear? If you're going to believe in him, you're going to suffer for him. In first century Rome, and in first century Philippi, in first century Colossae, in the first century, that was true for them. In fact, the people that Peter's writing to in, in his epistle, the one that we're focusing this, this lesson on, um, they're very close to being killed. In fact, Peter himself is going to be martyred very quickly after he writes Second Peter. Just months, maybe a couple of years after he writes First Peter. He's going to die for the cause of Christ himself. And he's going to view that as an honor. It's a good thing to suffer for Christ. Let me show you. Acts chapter 5. Let me show you how I know it was an honor for Peter to suffer, to die for Christ. So we don't think like that anymore, but we need to. It's okay to suffer for him. It's good to suffer for him. In Acts chapter 5, Peter and John have been imprisoned um, by, the, by the Jewish um, hierarchy, the high priest and those guys have imprisoned Peter and John and they've beat them. Um, Paul would say that he's received this, I think, eight times. Uh, he's been beaten by a rod 39, uh, with 39 stripes and that's happened to him eight times. Uh, this, is, <clears throat> this has happened to Peter and John here. 
And so they are uh, eventually released. They're not going to die this day, but they're going to be released. But listen to what he says in verse 41 after they left these guys who beat them. Listen to what they were doing. Acts chapter 5, verse 41. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. They counted it as an honor to suffer for him. We need to think like that. We need to stop being so worried about physical safety because all that's a lie. You're going to die anyhow if he doesn't come back. If he comes back, it won't matter. Right? This is a lie. Physical safety? No power there. We need to lose that. Right? Lose that idea. It's so hard because the world, our society, is so vocal, so loud about that. And you know, the funny thing about this is they even turned it into a religious thing so that we bought it. Well, you're doing it because you love your neighbor, right? You remember that? I said that. And in the early days, that was probably true, right? But it just lasted so long. I'm not saying you can't miss a worship service if you're sick. If you've got the flu or something, don't come. That makes sense to me. But the extended durations where it's been weeks and months, that's too dangerous for us to miss meeting together to worship the living God and to be with His people. It's just too dangerous. We suffer for him, and we need to count it as an honor to suffer with him. Let me take you to one more passage, John chapter 17, and then we'll call it, um, the lesson will be yours. John chapter 17, this is, of course, Jesus' prayer in the garden uh, before his death. Uh, he's going to pray a variety of prayers. This is the longest recorded prayer of his in all of Scripture. I think it's the longest recorded prayer in all of Scripture. Um, but you get some insight into what Jesus is thinking here. Listen to what he says in, in verse 13. John 17, verse 13. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. The moment you stop saying physical things are important and you align yourself with Christ, guess what will happen? The world will hate you and they will make you suffer. And you should count it as an honor to suffer for him. We all should. Listen to what else he says. Verse 15. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Don't save them from this suffering. Don't keep them from this suffering. That's what we might pray, right? I don't want to suffer. He, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, he doesn't pray to God to, to alleviate our suffering or to get us out of that suffering. What does he pray for? Verse 15, but that you keep them from the evil one. Help them endure the suffering in a way that brings them closer to Christ. Because Satan wants to use these things to trip us up. And Jesus is aware of that, obviously. And he says, I don't want you to keep them from suffering because suffering's 
good. It can have benefits. As we walk through hard things, we learn a lot of things that we would not have learned otherwise. So don't keep us from suffering, but help us to endure it in a way that doesn't make us fall. It doesn't take us closer to Satan. This is what he says in verse 16. They are not of the world. Your citizenship isn't here, right? It's in heaven. Just as I am not of the world, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. That's what I want you to, to, to leave you with today. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctification is, is set apart. You, you've dedicated them. You've de- he's dedicated us for a specific purpose. You ever been to a building's dedication? Um, they're building the Senior Citizen Center just down the road here in the fairgrounds. Uh, and I imagine they'll be done in a couple of months. And I, I would just imagine that they'll have a ribbon-cutting ceremony and they'll dedicate that thing to, to the senior citizens that live in our community and, and how great an asset that'll be to us and all, all those kinds of things. But will, will we get to play volleyball in there when we want to? Could, could I walk in there with some paintball guns and with some friends and just play paintball? Could, could Steeler and the football team get a football and just kind of throw it in there? It'd be a great place, right? It's indoors. When it's raining, you guys could. What about, what about the baseball team? Could they just get, maybe Blake and the baseball team could get the baseball and throw it in there? Why not? Because it's dedicated for a purpose, right? He says, you're dedicated for a purpose. Stop fulfilling other purposes. All these things, the physical safety stuff, That's not your purpose. Your purpose here is not to get out unscathed. Your purpose in life is not to get out unhurt. Your purpose here is to glorify God, keep his commands. You don't worry about all this other stuff. Well, how am I going to do that? He tells you. Look again in, in John 17, verse 17. Your word is truth. We're people of the book. We get inside this book and we meet God here. And we find the strength for tomorrow. To not bind all the lies that the world sells. And to stick with him even in the midst of our suffering. It's something that we've got to find. Even if we lose everything else. This morning maybe you're struggling. And you just need the prayers of this congregation to be who God would have you to be. To focus on the right things. Maybe today you need to be baptized to have your sins washed away and to become a part of this family that is so integral to us. If you have any need this morning, why don't you come as we stand and sing. When we walk with
Good morning. Thanks, Chris. So today is our potluck meal right after services. Everyone is invited, and if you're visiting with us, we invite you to stay and share a meal with us. Reminder, the evening services will be at 1 p.m. this afternoon right after our meal. And after our 1 p.m. service, we'll be doing service projects. And uh, today we'll be delivering bread to new community members as well as visiting the shut-in. So I encourage you to, to get involved with this. This evening, uh, the youth kindergarten through fifth grade will be leaving and going to Everoni's at 5.30 p.m. and then going to Austin's for ice cream. Uh, for planning purposes, September the 10th, the youth group will be going to Carter Caves. And also, uh, as uh, Gary mentioned this morning, we are finalizing the directory. So on your way out today, please check the blue book on the, uh, the table in the foyer and make any corrections that are needed. And if you're not listed and would like to be, fill out an address sheet and see Connie to have your picture taken. New quarter starts next Sunday for our Bible classes. Material is in the teacher's room. And if you have any questions, see Connie about that. A big thank you goes out to all the donated supplies for, uh, for We Shine. As far as the, uh, the prayer list, uh, continue to pray for all those going through cancer treatments and dealing with cancer, uh, Jennifer Baker, Jim Haney, Lisa Baisden, uh, Janie Judge, also Jerry Fry, uh, pray for him as he's dealing with heart issues, and Vicki Bowen as she continues to, to deal with, um, with pain.